0: From the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's
1: Cofield and Company. What are you doing? Oh, I'm talking to you. Driving around listening to Cofield and Company. You're not at the Silver 7. I'm not looking at you. Huh? Come on down. We've got free stuff. Everybody loves swag. Free swag. we got free shirts. we got tickets. There is a
2: battle for our city going down very soon. Riley Smith and the Golden Knights versus Marcus Allen and the Raiders. The third
1: battle. You'd the think that third. the city would be decided by now, but still the third battle. You can come down and get tickets for that. And later in this hour, oh, coming up in 20, oh. then 15, depending on when Ari freaks out and gives me the bug eyes on the screen. Tickets to a concert that I would love to go to if I had the chance. I being Jonathan Von Tobel. Willie Ramirez is here as well. And it is time for the best part of your day.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five.
1: What is Prime Day? I don't
2: know what's happening. Number five. Prime Day is a <laughs> special day that Amazon hypes up to get all of its subscribers to order it once. Okay. And I'm guessing that it pushes either a bunch of stuff that it can't sell or jacks it up a little bit, makes it seem like it's a discount, pushes these products out, and everybody goes and buys Prime Day deals on Amazon it's a, like a 48-hour special.
1: Okay. I'm surprised I haven't heard of this because
2: my wife's really big on, like, Amazon and whatnot. It must be a big push in July because I've been getting emails from Best Buy for Black Friday in July at Best Buy. Because like well, Black... there's always
1: a Christmas in July, yeah, like Thai, yeah, whatever yeah. it is.
2: Best Buy, July, uh, Black Friday. So it's like I, I Prime Day was the last couple of days. I got Black Friday coming up at Best Buy. I do need to go to Best Buy. I got I do have some, some stuff that I need to get. Okay. I did not end up buying what I wanted to buy on Prime Day because it never went on special. What'd you want? Well, here's what's funny. What time of year is it for football? What what, what have we been making fun of the last few days? list. It's list day. It's list day. Well, you know, on Amazon, you can make wish lists. Yes. Can't you, like, send it to people? No, no. Like, I've seen
1: influencers.
2: like be like, play Amazon
1: wish list if you want to buy me stuff.
2: You call them influencers, we call them adult entertainers. They like to put wish lists because men buy them, they go to their wish list and they just buy it for them. And I guess it makes them feel, you know, that it, it sends a message that, anyway. But
3: I did, well, so, so
2: Adam, yes, Adam <laughs> made fun of me. He was like, because when I brought it up back in April, he goes, wait a minute, what? You don't have a I I said, that's not that I have a wish list and I put it out there in my bio. I put it there so family members, I had a birthday coming up and I had Father's Day coming up. So I said, "Hey, you want to know what I want? I I only had one thing on there. There's not even a mm. list. It was an item. I don't know. This is shaky. Never got purchased. Yeah, this is shaky. It never got purchased. I said, here's a funny thing. I put it on my story the other day. I was like, Prime Day is coming. I'm excited. And Jordan goes, I don't even remember that. I was like, Yeah. You asked me what I wanted for my birthday. I sent it to you. You pawned it off on Grandma. Grandma couldn't figure it out and pawned it off on me. And I was gonna. So now I'm stuck buying it myself anyway. But it, it's a it's a it's a." I said it to Adam the other day, it's a it's a wine chiller, but okay. it's specified, chiller. it's digital. Yeah, you go in and you punch in the exact type of wine, okay. Cabsov, Merlot, whatever kind it is, and it chills it to the exact temperature that that style of wine is supposed to be. Uh, okay, all right. all right. First time I ever saw it was years ago, but at, uh, at a buddy's house, he said he got a sharper image. I was never able to find it. Found it on Amazon back in April. Very it's, anti-asking
1: it. people for what I want. Like when my wife, like for Father's Day, she's like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't want anything. Don't give me anything. I'm fine. Really? Don't do it. You want to, I mean, Adam and I talk about this all the time. Even though I'm going to take care of my wife all the time, I, I buy her lots of stuff because I love her. I, I just, I don't know, maybe it was the way I was raised. I think less of people who ask for things. I'm just I don't ask say for it. Anything. I'm just going to say it.
2: I just have it there. You have again. a wish list. I had of it things there. you desire. Yeah, but I didn't send it to them. It's when Jordan <laughs> comes to me or my mom. What do you want for your birthday? So, well, here's what I want. So I, I didn't. So Prime didn't. Day. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and, and I still don't have the damn uh, wine chiller list.
1: Number four. All right, we got some cool news that came down, and I'm glad you sent this in because I was going to send it in anyway. No, you were uh, I was, actually. How lifestyle brand GSTQ names WNBA Star. I'm going to emphasize that because this has been uh, quite the rise here for Kelsey Plum. Kelsey Plum as an ambassador. And now I do follow Kelsey Plum along with others um, on Instagram social media, and one of the things that has stuck out about Kelsey's Instagram feed has been um, – her
2: taste in fashion,
1: Yeah, right? Like it's been. I was trying to like the uh, the, the tunnel walk, essentially. NBA players have made it very, you know, the thing, uh, yeah. and she has very much bought into that new outfit every single time. The fashion is on
2: point. They all well, the WNBA players. So they all do this tunnel walk thing where they walk into the arena and they and and they have a they, uh, Paloma Villacana actually from Channel Five. She did a really cool story on the the photographer and there's actually someone. They have a, a specific area in the back set up. It's always so, in the same spot, yeah. Yeah, so that when they walk in, then there's a spot that they do the photos, and then they do this thing with the 360 camera. It's kind of cool. Kelsey, they all do it. And GQ Sports on Instagram, they will do fashion this week, and they put up the poll, and they'll put, like, Kelsey Plum versus Sabrina Ionescu, and they put the outfits, and then you vote, see who won. So, and Kelsey tends to make it up there. This isn't just the aces in Kelsey Plum. They do it across the league. Some of the best. Skylar Diggins-Smith is impeccable. Her her fashion is, is tremendous. But, yes, Kelsey stepped her game up. Um, I was messing with her earlier this year after a game. She had this lavender outfit on. The outfit she has on in the link you sent, it's red with, like, a sort of a black halter. Um, the picture won't load fully for me. Yeah, that's great, So it's right? just, like just like say, a beheaded say, say, Kelsey yeah, Exactly. Plum. It's a beheaded – yeah, same here, <laughs> which I don't understand. But um, she had a lavender one with a white top, but she was wearing an Alexander McQueen shoes, which yeah. are, like, you know, those are – like thousand dollar shoes, yeah. Like Jordan, my son, my suit taste rubbed off at him in the manner of shoes. So like he wears the Balenciagas, the 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 Louboutins, the McQueens. Like he'll he'll Louboutin, go he'll go drop it? a grip on shoes and then just wear the street apparel. Okay, yeah. So that's it's. So this leads me.
1: So by the way, congratulations, Kelsey Plum. I one of the things I the points I wanted to make too, and I think I've alluded to this before. Um, I mean, you talk about like a rising star or the star that has already risen. Uh, Plum's profile, I think, has grown exponentially over the last few years, but this seems to be like the cherry on top. It seems to be really blossoming at this point. Yeah. So good for her, obviously, and good for the Aces. But it also made me think, and this is why you dare call me a liar. The second I saw this story, this is my question. I wanted to set the Cofield and Company fashionable power rankings. Now Another I list. have I have gone not power rankings different. Uh, I have gone through the trouble of ranking the top two. I don't think there's any question about this. I have ranked you number one, my friend.
2: I appreciate that. I saw I your outfit
1: I've... yesterday, and I was like, "No way!" I already like, didn't see it. it. It was a it was a very fresh outfit. Uh, went together very well.
2: It was a perfect. Yep. Gym, by the way, I, I represent my son. You say yeah. Yeah, I wear perfect apparel. You wherever. also
1: wear jewelry, which I think helps with the fashion. Yeah. You know, fashionista or as some of us say, jewelry. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I go. I I call myself second, personally, mainly because not that I'm the most fashionable guy in the world. I at least coordinate my outfits, right, by yes. color scheme, yes. okay? Yes. I don't just wear whatever. Yeah. So I try to coordinate the color scheme to a certain point. Is the most fashionable shirts in the world? No. But do I at least flow? Do my do my shoes go with the theme of my outfit? Yes. You have your well own theme? swag. Right, yes. exactly. Yeah. So I am number two. Also, if we're really doing this, I think we should have, like, six blank spaces and then ranking the rest of the company members, but we have to. So I would just say this, because they're all terrible.
2: Who would be the third most fashionable person? Oh, man. <sighs> It's, it's a terrible selection. Is it overall or is it like, like you said, like for specific, like for instance, like tomorrow, I already know what I'm wearing to tomorrow's set. Okay. Like it's because it's, it's an event. Like, I got to do laundry. I don't know. Here's the thing. With power, with power rankings, I believe that at some point in time before video became a thing for, for media outlets, whatever, I think that Adam's power rankings might be a minus like, yeah. like, however your power rankings Like, if, yeah. if, so if, the, if the top is 75 and I'm, whatever, 68 points in. Then yeah. like Adam, I think over the years, Adam's power rankings may go up because, like, Adam throws the sport coat on now when he goes to games for the live hits. But so does Cofield. But Cofield, can I tell you, Cofield pulls off a very, very bad look. Okay, so.
1: Cofield goes polo underneath the sport coat. Yeah. And he also doesn't pop the collar over the sport coat. So it's like the flat collar underneath the yeah. coat. Like, there's just – And it lays It's, it's a nightmare. And yeah. he's not in the country. I don't think so. I can say all this if I want to. He'll um, listen to the show. No. Both, both of them, will.
2: they'll listen to it tonight or something.
1: Also, Adam – I think Adam beats Steve. But like I said, there's got to be like six blank spaces between you and I and the rest of the crew. I mean, I might even pick Ari over those two. But Ari's very okay, mute so now- in terms of his style. It's just like T-shirt, jeans, shoes – but there's not holes in Ari's shirts. You know what I mean? Like some stains, oil have. stains. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or
2: butter from the popcorn. Yeah, right, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. What about Adam Candy? Candy never leaves his house. I don't know what he wears. I would have to I would say by default because of everything that you said about them and the fact that Candy has to you know, sort of present himself and, and you know he, this is a guy who like he'll go to referee. most referees by rule, you do not leave the arena well, oh. unless you're covered in stri- you cover your stripes or you take it off and change.
1: Can I just say the other day when I was leaving Summer League, I walked by some of like three officials were walking in. Yeah. You talk about people who need a tunnel walk.
2: Some of these officials need their own toddle lock. They were
1: fresh. Yeah. Sure. I got wet because they were dripping so much.
2: Do I have to do do I have to come clean and do a confession? What's that? You're not really bald. <laughs> Yesterday's guest, Jesse Merrick. Yeah. So he, he's one of the best dressed guys in town. Okay. Okay. Um there's sometimes where we're at Aces games, and, I'll, and we'll be in the back, and I'll, I'll do a tunnel walk and have them take pictures from me.
1: Nice. Okay, I like <laughs> it. All right, before we move on, you get a thought on this. Who should be third? Always asking for something, Willie. I'm just kidding.
2: Uh, I, here's what I think real quick. Adam Candy should be third. I see him often in button downs and things of that nature, okay. regardless of where he goes. And then I'm going to take the L here, and I will tie myself and Steve and Adam for the last place. Keep in mind, I'm not a great dresser, but I'm saying, like, Look around, bro. Like, you've seen it in this building. I can wear the crappiest T-shirt I have, and I'm still pretty Oh, well, if we're
1: getting the Lotus If we're doing Lotus. I mean, that's an animal.
2: I'm I'm not saying I'm a great dresser, but, like, obviously, I'd put a little more effort into, like, public appearances and things than just being here around the office.
1: Number two. All right, so this is actually, I think, a really fascinating story. So 10 unvaccinated Royals players have to skip the trip to Toronto. Now, we know this is the case. We know about Canada's COVID policy, all that kind of stuff when it comes to vaccinations. Uh, We dealt with it when it came to the NBA. So there's quite a few things that come from this, Willie. By the way, did you know that the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, and I don't know what the score is of the game, they're playing a four-game set with the Royals, uh, you could have gotten them at plus 270 to sweep the Kansas City Royals in this four-game set that they're about to play. Obviously missing 10 players is a pretty big deal. And it's also good players, right? Yeah. Uh, ben is a part of it, of course, among others. But this has also led to the Yankees being like, yeah, you know what? Like, Benintendi was a guy we might trade for? Sorry, bro. No way. Because we might have a playoff series with
2: Toronto, and we're not trading assets for a dude that's not going to be available for some of those games. That's that's when I saw this. So this came up toward the end of the show yesterday. I believe that yeah. story moved. And I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, with the All-Star break coming up and trades and and, and teams stacking up for, for the playoff run, for some of these better players, what does this do to their stock? Because we're not going to get in a Kyrie situation. So here's the thing. This is the thing that irritates me, right? So Ben come
1: came comes out and says, I researched it. Quote, I researched it and don't want to put it in my body unless I have a chance to make the playoffs, in which case I'll reconsider. He came out and said if he were to get acquired by a team that was in contention, he would consider getting vaccinated if he got it. So which one is it? No, and no. again, I'm not a big day Look, if you want to, whatever. But which one is it? Is it I don't want to put it in my body? Right, because yeah. if you
2: really didn't want to put it in your body, then you wouldn't consider getting it. If you were acquired by a playoff team, okay. Let me ask you this. Let's take it even further off that statement. What does that say to his Royals teammates? If you if you think back to April, oh, so what you're saying is right. you never thought we had a shot in the first place. Okay. You didn't believe in this team. That's a very good point. Screw
1: you, buddy. That's an incredible point. I just, and again, it, to me, it's more about it goes back to the live stuff, right? If you mean, like, however you feel, just say it, okay? Just say it. But this is ridiculous. Stop dancing around the, oh, I don't want to put it in my body. No, come on, all right? If you're willing to do it because of baseball, you're willing to do it. It's not about science, dude. Stop being a D. Yeah? Number two. All right, we're going to have to, I, we want, I want to build on this. is actually a pretty good topic because we have a lot to get to. So what, what are we going to talk
2: about here? Because we have local coach and local media beef. Okay, so, real, so, so yeah, we have some audio. This is good. Um, uh, Q, no, who was it this morning? Adam and Q? Yes. All right, okay, Adam and Q were talking about what would take place between a, if a local coach, I, I think they were, there was a story behind this, but the story behind it in terms of a local coach going off with a media member, and he said, so he said, it got Adam to thinking. Mm-hmm. Who would he want locally to see between a coach and a media member if you were to have fights? Now, now you have to remember now, grainy and, physical fights, yeah, physical fights. Okay. Grainy and uh, and Adam did a podcast last year because they were talking about how how you know as the media members you are out of training camp, how much you really want to see the fights between yeah. you know the intra-squad fights and heat and everybody, and so it was like with the heat brewing. What would happen in the media room with fights? And then they started doing matchups, media matchups. Who would fight who, right? Um, it was Adam versus Vic for It was me versus Sam Gordon. Of course, they set me up for the loss right off the bat. Um, so now today they were talking about which local coach versus which local media.
1: Can we start a – Unbelievable. We just want female reporters against female coach fights. That would be great because we already have a couple male ones that we, we've got booked. I I'm gonna book, <laughs> Lindy the Rock against Cassie only because there's no animosity at all. At all,
2: yeah. But <laughs> Cassie's also Cassie
1: so would little. get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Lindy the Rock is a beast. Right. She would Crush her. <laughs> right. Just a phenomenal athlete. It would be just just a
2: massacre. I want I want to <laughs> see this happen.
1: Cassie Soto of Las Vegas Review Journal, Lindy uh, Lindy LaRock, of course, uh, women's yeah. basketball coach over at ULV.
2: Yeah, they they first one of the first ones they mentioned was Paloma Villacana versus yeah. Becky Hammond. Um, no, excuse me, the very first one they said the obvious one was Tyler Bischoff versus Marcus Arroyo.
1: Okay, yeah, that's this is a, this is the great that's, this that's, is the
2: great chatter you can hear by the way in the morning the press box seven to ten a.m. right here on ESPN.
1: That, why is it that my mind, I like Tyler, but why is it that my mind immediately went Tyler against like big buff coach? Like I was like Tyler Bruce
2: Cassidy. Well, it was Tyler versus Marcus because Tyler's done nothing but continually rip, and Marcus blocked him, and Tyler continues to talk about it. And just, oh, I I know the backstory, oh, yeah, and yeah. I
1: would love it because I th- I feel like Arroyo would break him over his back. Like, now my
2: well, you speak of Bruce Cassidy. I had texted Adam during the segment. I was like Jesse Granger versus Bruce Cassidy because he's widely. You know, you have your, your you have your local beat guys, yeah. Ben Goats, Danny Webster. Nobody's going to want to fight Danny, and I don't think anybody's going to want to fight Ben. I mean, those are two of the nicest human beings on the planet. Jesse, working for the Athletic, and he tends to ask these questions because he plays hockey, he knows hockey, he studies hockey. He'll go home he'll go home and watch game film for like three. Like three times, yeah. or he'll watch plays and then study the coursey and natural stat trick, and then he'll ask about it.
1: I don't like that one. They though.
2: they get their they get their feathers ruffled because they're, he's they're question. He's being He's questioning them like he's an assistant coach or something, yeah. breaking it down. So I, that's why I text him Granger versus Cassidy. I,
1: I want more mismatches. I want ridiculous fights. That'd be like a good I one. Would, I want ridiculous. I want I, would, I, I want. Thing, I want I think, well, and this isn't a coach, but I mean, he did. He coach a game. I want Kelly McCrimmon versus Adam Hill. Oh. <laughs> that would be a great showdown. That would be nice. You know? <laughs> None of <your> business. <laughs> Who? Say None it on business. the air. What? Honey, new business. Oh, okay. I like it. All right. Uh, number one, Ari. Number one. We'll take this to the other side, uh, but we got a lot of news and moving parts in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton agrees to a four-year, $135 million offer sheet. The Knicks sniffing around Donovan Mitchell. Uh, congratulations, Knickerbockers. You can have Donovan Mitchell, and you'll be the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you
0: by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000.
3: Let's start with two players under the age of 25 and Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges, and then you add a player like Miles Turner. So that checks the boxes for Brooklyn as far as what they are looking for. Then let's go to Phoenix, Kevin Durant, okay? That checks the boxes for Phoenix. We've all talked about DeAndre in a a potential offer sheet. This is a sign-in trade. He goes to Indiana. Is this enough for the Utah Jazz? When you look at Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, five first-round picks, four from Phoenix, one from Cleveland, uh, from Indiana, and then three swap rights.
0: Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company
1: voice of Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider for ESPN, is going to join us coming up in about five minutes from now. Well, it's perfect timing uh, right after we tease the fact that, hey, DeAndre Ayton signs the offer sheet. Well, Phoenix Suns have matched that offer sheet for one DeAndre Ayton as more reports come out. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting the Suns received the four-year, uh, I, th- I believe I called it a 135, million, uh, $133 million offer sheet. Franchise matched it. As soon as they received it, Ayton returns to Phoenix. Remember, can't be traded without his consent for a full year. Sham Shrine, you're re- adding to the report, Willie. Suns made clear throughout free agency that the franchise intended to bring Aiton back or committed to spend in order to continue competing for a title around Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiton. Phoenix now goes approximately $15 million into the
2: luxury tax, so Big 3 seems to be back. And you talked about it, you know. So it looks like uh, now just a matter of what moves forward, and and the and the the off season that is not just like with the NFL, it just seems like the news continues to roll. Yep. Well, and I I always contend that I don't
1: think there's any better off season than the NBA, only because it gets so dramatic, right? You get guys like requesting trades. Yeah. Uh, you get guys. who get pissed off about stuff never got to play all that kind of thing, all that jazz. So uh, this is the first domino, right, because we're waiting for the big one. And that is Kevin Durant. So, Are
2: you an NBA draft guy? Do you sit there and watch the 60 draft pick?
1: Nah, I mean, I'll keep track of it. With technology, you just open the app, you know what I mean, keep track of it. You'll unless watch I have it. bets. Unless I have bets on it, then I'll watch it. But, you know, if I'm home and there's nothing to do, I'll watch it. Well, here's the reason why I ask
2: you. Aside from you being an NBA gym rat, an NBA aficionado, and arguably the greatest NBA sports betting and uh Morning Report writer. Thanks. Could help with your fashion. Could move you up the power rankings.
1: That's right. I mean, I do try to uh, emulate at least some of the fashion yeah. that is uh, put out there. You know, the problem, too, is as we talked about the weight loss. I, I've told this to my wife. Just because we're big guys doesn't mean we don't like fashion. Like, if you look at, like, the big guy section no. of places, the, the the patterns and the clothes are terrible. Well, they are
2: terrible. You have to, that's why you have to go, like, I have a tailor. So and I go and 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 I he knows my size he knows you know even if it's a euro size we go and then they take it and then they chop they take it take it apart they take the sides off the, the the coat the sleeves they take it apart then they rebuild it to me so you know I don't have the the funds like the Golden Knights or the Raiders to go to these places and say okay just pick a swatch and build from scratch but I do have a tailor where I can go pick the patterns that fit my shape I had this talk today with. I was talking to Dakota Gonzalez. You're familiar with the Gonzalez twins? Of course. One of them follows me. It was like one of my biggest uh, so successes. I, so I stopped by the Perfect Gym. They trained there, Dylan and Dakota. And I was talking to Dakota. And we were talking. She was like, so what's your next goal? What's your, I know your fitness, da 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 I was like, I don't weigh myself anymore. This was one of the things we I, that I wanted to tell you about, too. Weight doesn't matter. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. But I gauge everything by my suits. Yeah. So if my suits fit a certain way, then I know the taper is there. And then I know I'm getting the job done. Taylor. And I have other ways of, of 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 measuring, like body fat percentage, and so on, and so forth. And we'll get into that as we continue down your uh, your journey, your fitness journey. But anyway, back to the NBA. That's where you can pick up your fashion tips. Yep. Some of your fashion tips.
1: All right. Well, uh, Ari, I'll just ask you flat out: Like, can we go now, or what? Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Thank you, Ari. All right. Yes, we'll do that. Um, we're going to push back Bobby Marks five forty five. So for those who want to listen in to Bobby, uh, we got to push him back in a couple of minutes. So good. We can we can build on this talking about tailors and fashion. Yeah. I have a rebuttal. Okay. I have a child.
2: And he takes all of my money, Willie. Okay, well, all I, of it. Both of them do. It's ridiculous. Now, I and now, spe- oh. I'll go back to my Now, obviously you're not so we all have our splurges that we that we invest in, right? Mine are suits. And so because I go in to see my tailors twice a year and buy five six at a time, I get a deal. Mm. So I could pick out a five hundred dollar suit, an eight hundred dollar suit, a three hundred dollar suit, whatever, but I'm gonna have a set price. Look at this guy. Just blowing cash, huh? I don't call it blowing cash. I are you kidding me? I worked hard for that number one ranking. It paid off today.
1: See there you go. That's what you've been working for this entire time. Yesterday,
2: working with the illustrious, the notorious JVT, it was all a dream. Today I got the number one ranking. I can't wait till tomorrow.
1: I'm trying to think of something. I'll get something. <laughs> All right, I'm
2: gonna. I don't want to put you in too tough of a
1: spot, but because I forgot, I'm gonna do it right now. Uh, collar six and collar number seven, uh, dude. Perfect. That's Happy Tour, Saturday, July 16th, MGM Grand Garden. You can get your tickets at axs.com or you can be collar six or collar seven at three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero.
0: Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> Cofield and Company presents...
2: Hey, hold on,
0: Grab Bag.
2: Don't touch it. Don't even look, look at it.
0: Only on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Oh, Stick
2: your hand in there, Dave. Yeah, we're moving Grab Bag
1: up because we have Bobby Marks coming up in about 10 minutes from now to give us the uh, details on everything going on with... DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns, who have decided to match the offer sheet for
2: DeAndre. So I want to go back to something. In the we're gonna we're gonna carry the big five into the grab bag. Okay. Um, I think that Vesen is well Like before, like when it first came, it was you know well Whoa. pushing pushing the board. Well, pushing the border of is it media? What what exactly? You know, sport. I think it's well into the media because sports betting is so so. Um, accepted and the information that's provided, the different teams that are, you know, from the early mornings I you know me, I'm an early riser um, to your show, to everybody it's, it's a media, to media outlet I would agree I need to know which media fight against the coach you're looking for
1: well so if I'm trying to set up like goofy and ridiculous fights, oh man, here comes Stormy uh, no, nah, I mean Stormy seemed like you were talking about was it Cassie Soto and um, Lindy Laroque. Yeah, Lindy LaRock. Uh There'd be no animosity there. Stormy seems like an extra Stormy Bonatoni, who uh, um, for those who might know, works sidelines for ESPN. Of course, uh, Vegas Golden Knights fans would know her very well. Who now works with us? She's also one of those that is very nice. So like, I'm
2: just gonna let you know the Stormy could throw. Oh, I mean, she's
1: she. She, well, she did. She was an athlete, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what she was. She played, but she was. She's. And I know her father. Um, she was a
2: daddy's girl, meaning like tough. Stormy could throw hands.
1: So I get like with the with the matchup. If you wanted that, would be would I'm it think be your birthday? Did by the way, Yeah, she's on vacation, so I brought, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, People yeah. take vacation. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know what? I'm you're gonna open another can of worms. I'm very anti-taking time off on my birthday. Um, no, so I'd go with like like Matt Humans my uh cohort. Yeah. Uh very large. Is there somebody short? Who's a really short coach?
2: really short coach. You know what I mean? Like I would yeah. want to pair Matt who's Josh like McAdams.
1: 6'5, yeah, with like, you know, like a super short coach that'd be hilarious.
2: It kind of it kind of reminds so, so so talking about short, did you see the fight in the stands at Yankee Stadium? Yeah. And the and and there was the big there were the two big dudes right the one guy and he slaps the guy and the guy you could tell like he was being patient because he wasn't backing down he was standing there talking he wasn't getting punked it was like look if I start throwing hands but the dude that was getting the shots in was the little guy yeah they sure. telling you little guys yeah you can't don't. you watch out for him yeah because these days the little guys are the ones that are doing the jujitsu they're going in they're studying the well, mean, and the sometimes
1: arm- the little guys are also just crazy well sure because they have to overcompensate. Sometimes, not all of them. One of
2: the there was How tall a, are you there were five seven. Oh, okay, you're tall. There's a <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a there was a guy who is a he was a he was a top notch wrestler from Rancho way back in the day in the eighties. Name was Jimmy Smith, uh-huh. and I'll never forget. We used to kind of run the streets together, whatever. He was a tough dude, and he was shorter than me. Okay, but he used to always tell me he's like Willie, he, and he, like as, you know bouncers like. The bouncers back in the day in the nightclubs here in Vegas, like they were the big, and they weren't always the steroided guys. They were just big, just big bulky dudes, guys. Yeah. yeah, big dudes, right? And he, I would say, well, yeah, Jimmy, what are you going to do with these bouncers? He goes, that's easy. They're the easy ones. I just go down really low in a sweeping motion. I grab the back of their ankles and pull as hard as I can toward me, and it just knocks them backwards on their head. Boom! I wouldn't give they wouldn't give you time to do that. He, well, he was a wrestler. So, uh, okay. so doing a, like a double leg shoot or whatever, you know, he he would, so he was very quick and he'd go in and he'd just yank the ankles from underneath them. Little okay. t- Little tip to just, just in case a little guy comes up to you, be careful. Stick your hand in there, Dave.
1: I'm not a, like, I've gotten into fights in my, in my time, but I'm not like a fighter. You know what I mean? No. More like you push and like, all right, you know what? If I got to do it, I got to do it. But I'm also, this might be a wimpy mindset. I like, I'm just, I'm 31, man. I
2: don't care. I'm 53.
1: You know what I mean? Like, when was the last time you got in a fight?
2: I don't even remember.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember the last time I, I got in a fight either. You. Except for that weird guy at the AFP. I mean, he was trying to drag me into one the other day, and I was like, I'm not doing it. Just get your palm malls and get out of here, We bro. were
2: at uh, OTAs, and it was funny because Q was walking. I can't remember if he was like, we were standing around waiting or what, and, and I kind of just moved in his path, and my right shoulder into his right shoulder. It was just kind of one of those shoulder things. And he was like, oh, here we go. And I was like, remember in elementary school, and you, you go shoulder to shoulder, and you just keep walking in a circle. No, you do something. No, you do something. And you just keep going in a cir- oh, yeah. circle, and you'd push, be pushing each other's shoulder, but no punchers would be thrown. And then you wait, and then you wouldn't go crazy and start swinging until somebody broke it up. All of a sudden, they get in between you, and they were like, no, no, no. In,
1: uh, in elementary school, fifth grade, we may or may not have had a fight club in the bathroom before school. Mm.
2: Uh, it's okay. It's just There's no statute of limitations. You can admit fun. it.
1: Yeah. Okay, good. So, St. Viter Catholic School. We were throwing down in your bathroom.
2: St. Biter's. <laughs> Flamingo going east. Bobby Marks
1: on the other side.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at
1: Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Yvonne Tolby, Los Vatos, filling in for Steve Cofield. Uh, big day in the NBA, a big piece of news, and a big that has... An offer sheet match. DeAndre Ayton, of course, with the offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers. Well, that was matched by the Phoenix Suns. That report comes down minutes ago. ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks. Nice enough to give us some time, break that down a little bit more. Bobby, uh, really appreciate it, especially on what is a probably a very busy time for you right now. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, by all accounts, and your cohort at ESPN, Adrian Roger Ashley reporting that they immediately jumped on it and wanted to match it. it. It seemed like there were inklings that the Suns weren't really big on it. We saw what happened at the end of that Maverick series, the blow up there, that they didn't think he was a max player, but they match it, so I'll just ask this, what does this mean for Phoenix when it comes to dealing for potentially Kevin Durant?
3: Well, I mean, I wouldn't eliminate them, but I think it's certainly on life support right now, um, based on, Aiton can't be traded until January 15th, he has veto power on any trade. Um, basically, Phoenix just, is just running out of players to put in a Durant deal. Um, certainly, Mikhail Bridges, you got to get to about $35 million in salary, and you basically, probably cost them three players and four first round picks. Um, and I don't even think that's enough to get Kevin Durant in, into, into Phoenix here as far as a package that's focused on Mikhail Bridges. Can you find a third team perhaps? Um, maybe using this draft pick. So I would say, um, if we're looking at suitors, I think Phoenix probably goes to the back of the line as far as um, you know, a Durant destination. And I think, I think all signs. Guy's point that he will likely be in a Nets uniform when um, we get going in, in training camp here.
1: So, in a Nets uniform, it's it like, so how does this go as they move forward? It, would it be that, hey, you know what, Kevin Durant? You're going to be in the Nets uniform. We're still going to look for suitors, but you're not going to play. Is there a chance that you think that they reprimand, like, repair this relationship? Because you talk about suitors, and you could tell me because uh, you know better, but when I look around personally and I see like Miami and like Tyler Hero in a package there, like the Raptors, and they potentially have something, is there really a deal out there that would really fit what the Brooklyn Nets want?
3: Not right now. Not in the offseason when everybody likes their, 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 um, their team. Uh, I think that changes when you get to November and December and teams are playing and teams are losing games and a team that maybe is a championship-level team has lost four or five games. I think the asking price for Durant out there. Um, I, I don't think it was a perfect package, but I think for Brooklyn, we're looking at it when we traded all our picks in the Harden trade to get him from Houston. We can't just bottom out. I, Kyle Hero doesn't do anything for us. Kyle Lowry doesn't do anything for us. Um, O.G. Anunoby and Gary Trent doesn't do anything for us. When we're looking at a top-four player that's under contract for four seasons here and you wait it out, I, I don't see a situation where Kevin Durant's going to pull Ben Simmons and not report to camp, and if there is, there are certainly consequences there. I think, for me, it's, I'm, I'm more interested as far as what happens with Kyrie Irving. That's, for me, I'm intrigued about as far as, that he remained in the next uniform we get going to, to training camp. But I just, it's just hard for me to put to see a package out there um, you know, that makes sense, unless it's, you know, I threw out a trade yesterday, kind of a hypothetical where Brooklyn would get, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Durant would go to Phoenix and Tim Ben Simmons would go to Utah and, and everyone, I guess everyone would be happy in that. Um, it would cost Phoenix a little more in players, but, you know, certainly that would probably be the only realistic way I think Durant would ever get. We ever get to the
1: Phoenix Suns? So you mentioned Kyrie Irving, uh, and I'll ask that question then too because it's a natural jumping-off point. It it does seem that the Lakers are the only team that really are in conversations and bids uh, in terms of dealing for Kyrie Irving. Um, Is there really anything there, or is it just pretty simple as the the Lakers got to decide if they want to ship off the two first-round picks? uh, The Nets got to decide if they want to take that on, or is there another team that could come up here and maybe start to sniff around Irving?
3: Yeah, I think for Irving, I think if, if, if the Lakers are willing to kind of include multiple first-round picks in a deal, I think that would probably intrigue Brooklyn. I think when you look at it, um, because of, there's so much of a difference, you know, just taking on West, Russell Westbrook straight up, they should cost Brooklyn, you know, sixty million dollars additional in, in luxury tax here. So I think if you're if you're Brooklyn, you're incentivized by draft compensation. But on the other end, if you think there's a chance that Durant. You know, wants back in, um, then you just you move off. Eight, or do you move off Irving and you know take back some salary? Fillers or it's Westbrook? Or you know, so you're kind of walking a little bit of a fine line. I think outside of the Lakers, it's, it's hard. To, he's he's basically almost untouchable unless you want to just take back long term salary. And if the goal is to, to maybe move off Durant and kind of retool, I don't know. if, You know, two players earning contracts until the next few years makes makes sense for you.
1: So how much did, if at all, do you think the deal for Rudy Gobert affect the negotiations here? Like, did the Nets see that and go, look, man, like, Rudy Gobert's getting this? We got Kevin Durant. You guys better you guys better pony up.
3: Yeah, I think it impacted, but it's hard, guys. I mean, you can only trade four first-round picks in a, in a seven-year window. You can't do them in back-to-back years. And, I mean, we could say, "Well, if, if uh, Minnesota got four, then I mean, Durant should get eight or six. But, like, who, who has that? You know, New York has it. Brooklyn will never trade Kevin Durant to the Knicks. I don't know how many draft picks they gave him. Um, and the other team is Oklahoma City has it, and I don't nope. see Durant fitting into that rebuild. And there's only eight or 19, so I think the Knicks would get four first-round picks. It's just a matter of what else comes with it, right? Um, Utah got They've got salary fillers there to make the money work. I think if Brooklyn's looking for more, more than that, as far as so it's hard. Hard to hit on both, right? I think the picks will be there, but I think it's hard to hit on getting, you know, a quality, probably a quality player
1: out of it. So let's move to the other bit of news. And, it, you know, it's funny, we see, we reports, and uh, there was a report two days ago that the Utah Jazz, uh, they weren't interested, they weren't going to listen to to offers for Donovan Mitchell, right? And then almost like 24 hours later, it was like, no, they'll listen at this point. So we mentioned the package for Rudy Gobert. What does a package potentially look like for Donovan Mitchell?
3: Well, it could be a lot, and it's going to be based on how much restraint the Knicks have, right? So I think if you're if you're Utah, you're looking at New York. They have each first-round pick that they can include in a in deal because they have four of their own, and they've got four that they've acquired from, from other deals. So if I'm Utah, I'm thinking I want seven. I don't care about what players come back. You know, I don't need L.J. Barrett. Um, give me Derek Rose and give me two young players here, and I'm looking for seven first-round picks. So that's going to be the big thing for New York where you say, do we just throw all the picks in the middle here for a play like Donovan Mitchell and compare him with Jalen Brunson? And I think we'll see. I, mean, I think we'll see. I think they've got the most to offer out of all the teams to kind of make it, a make it deal down here, and we'll, we'll see what New York does.
1: Is there any validity to what Miami has to offer? I know Tyler Hero would probably be at the center of that, but I think that you can correct me there. There's not much in terms of draft assets for Miami, right?
3: They've got three to, uh, ones they can, they can throw out there, 23, um, 27, and 29. They, they're Oklahoma City at, 20, at pick in 2025. So for, for Miami, you're looking at Hero, Duncan Robinson, you know, Nicole Yovitsch who they picked this year, maybe another player here. So probably not as appealing than maybe what New York can do just from a, from a draft equity standpoint.
1: So one of the reports that came out a couple of days ago, actually I think it was yesterday, because New York and Miami are at the middle of this, right, the two teams that have been tied to potentially getting Donovan Mitchell. What's your sense in the trade value of just specific players, R.J. Barrett versus Tyler Hero? Because one report came out the other day that league executives, and you could talk like three, so it doesn't really matter, but that many view R.J. Barrett as a more valuable piece over Tyler Hero. What's your sense between those two in terms of the value of just those single players?
3: I don't know if either have as much value to Utah. I think yeah. as a player like Quentin Grimes, who's on his second year of a rookie contract, has more value than both those players. Because remember, both are extension eligible this offseason. It's going to cost you a lot. And if you're kind of, you know, hitting ground, you know, you know from the ground up um, and just really focusing on the draft, I don't know if RJ Barrett on a four-year, $120 million contract or Tyler here at four years, $100 million makes sense to you right now.
1: Bobby Marks with us, ESPN's NBA front office insider. Bobby, we appreciate some time. Were you out here in Las Vegas for the Summer League?
3: I was, guys. I enjoyed myself. Yep, I, I was out here and uh, just about wrapping it up.
1: All right, I like it. How, how was the heat? Did it did it kill you like everybody else? I was down. I've been down there well, every I, single day. Everybody I, everybody I talked well, to was first, like, I can't
3: do it. Today is the first day I've, I've ever seen rain in Las Vegas. I didn't know there had rain out here, <laughs> so it, it definitely cooled it off.
1: You got all two inches we're going to get this year,
3: so enjoy <laughs> it. It's a rare day,
1: Bobby. We appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider. Uh, that's so. As Bobby said there, and Willie, that's kind of been like the topic uh, as it kind of has built and talking to people over at the NBA Summer League these last few days, and the betting markets have actually represented it as well. It does seem, especially with this now falling, seems like he's going to be Kevin Durant a Brooklyn net by the time the regular season starts.
2: I think a, there was there were. Everybody was quick to sort of say, oh, he, you know, uh, I think he'll end here. But I think it was more so where people wanted him. But when it came to making predictions, I heard more he's not going anywhere Mm -hmm. than anything else. Yep. And
1: how – so there's a couple of things. You're a sports betting guy. I've been stressing this, right? If you're somebody who bets into those markets, the wording is very important, right? Yeah. Who will he play his first game for versus – what roster will he be on or who will he be on at the start of the regular season? Those are two very different things, right? Like if he starts the regular season and he doesn't play, right? Right, But you're betting into a market of who will be play his first game for. Just because he's on the nest, don't mean you win it. And, you know, you pay attention to that. But people get burned like that stuff all the time. Yeah, Really important when you talk about
2: those betting markets. Now, did do, do you invest in those? You analyze them and you talk about them. I don't. So what I've done is, especially because, you know, out here they don't
1: offer it. Right. Um, what I've done is take shots at, like, for example, I have Toronto at 50 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. Okay. Uh, that was my, hey, you know what? I think Toronto's probably a, a viable candidate to get him. Let me grab 50 to 1 with Toronto, who's probably going to be like 20 to 1 or something like that um, when the season starts if they get Kevin Durant. But I'll tell you this if you're looking around and you're still getting Brooklyn in the range of like 3 to 1 to have Kevin Durant on their roster when the season starts, it sounds more and more like that's something worth looking at.
2: All right, so we're winding it down here, but I got to ask you um, you're a big fan of the format this year. You've been a fan of the NBA Summer League. You've been going out there. You've been hanging out there. You're watching. Are there certain things you're zeroing in on? when handicapping summer League basketball. Yeah, and so this
1: is, it's always actually the same for every single type of thing in summer League, and it's almost like every single preseason. Information is always key. Uh, evaluating the rosters always helps at the beginning, right? So if you just look at the rosters, if you have a, you know, a, a if you've watched college basketball, you get an idea of how good these guys are, but how good the players are too in their second years. You evaluate the rosters. From there, you get a sense of what teams might be favored over others. You look at the futures market. That'll give you a sense of where the market wants to rate them. But after that, it's about information. It's about hey, you know what, maybe Palo Bancaro's not going to play, jumping on a number. Or seeing that there was a good example, Chet Holmgren played in multiple Salt Lake City summer league games, right? Of course he's going to make his Vegas debut, but the game after that, that three summer league games already under the belt, maybe he's going to get a night off. Sure enough, what happened, Chet Holmgren got a night off. Little things like that, it's about information, gauging where the market might go. Another thing, too, is when I talk about evaluating the rosters, for example, DraftKings, right, on one of these games, Indiana was playing Charlotte. Okay. Most futures markets had Indiana at about 16-1 to 1 to win the NBA Summer League. And Charlotte at like 30-40 to, to win the NBA Summer League. And yet, DraftKings over at Jersey and other markets opened the Hornets as a two-point favorite in that game. It doesn't compute with a team that had better future odds to win this thing in a three-game, four-game sample size, right? So, sure enough, what happens? Charlotte goes from a two-point favorite to a three-and-a-half-point underdog by the time the game tips off. So, like, just paying attention to little things like that when you're talking about betting these, information and knowing how the market rates these teams is pretty
2: important. So you, you paid pretty good attention the first few days. I, I saw an interesting tweet. I sent it to you. I'm going to read it to you. Dwayne Rankin uh, from NBA Summer League. Take a little bit of Giannis, a little bit of LeBron, throw in some Kevin Durant, add a little Luca, DeMar, Jason Tatum, and you have what could be the next NBA superstar in number one overall pick, Paolo Bancaro. You agree?
1: I think it's a little strong. It's a stretch. It's just, <laughs> a, yeah, a little bit of a stretch. I will say that, look, like, I think Palo is going to impress like he did the Summer League because I think out of all of the guys, he comes in most NBA ready. He's ready to hit the ground running. He's over 240. He's 6'10". He's got the body already ready to go. He can pass. He could score. He can rebound. So he's going to put up numbers and he's going to have the highest floor. Uh, but it's about your development after that. What I think is really intriguing is they kind of used him as a point guard in some of these Summer League games. And if they're going to do that, Orlando, right by the time you get to the regular season, they did draft Jalen Suggs, so we'll see how that gels. But I think that's really interesting. If he's going to be like a point forward, I mean, he's a really good passer. I think you start to unlock some stuff with
2: some of the pieces you already have on that roster. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to our, our three straight days with JVT. We'll that's be right. on the set, on the scene at Thomas and Mac. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. And, hey, yeah. don't forget. I'm going to have cheat treats for you tomorrow.
1: Okay. I cannot wait. I'm very excited. Uh, my tummy is rumbling already. Uh, Ari, we appreciate it back in the studio. Did a fantastic job, as always. Remember, to go to lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, that's where you want to go to catch up on any of your shows that you missed out in here at ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM, and all of the LV Sports Network programs. Until then,
2: live from the Summer League tomorrow, co for the Company, Von Tobo y Los Vatos, we ride again.